Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman. Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day is a negotiation. Rakeem Brooks. This is a common good that we are talking about. Amani wells on Yoha. I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And Jeff Charles. That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves. The Debate starts now. So you all know I've been obsessed with the Clarence Thomas saga as part of what we do over here uh, at the Alliance for Justice. But here was here was like my favorite moment. So I'm going through all this and then I pick up the paper and it's like Texas Republicans, Texas Republicans have impeached Kim Paxton. And I was like, this this can't be so. Right. But I actually don't want to drag you all into like the particulars of Texas politics, though. Amani, please do fill in some of the details of what's okay. going on down there. But it made me strangely patriotic. I was like, oh, my God, we're capable of this. You know, like folks are capable of looking at each other. So then I tried to think about another instance in which this had happened. Of course, the most recent one was the soon to be impeachment, but led to resignation of Andrew Cuomo. And since I'm from New York, I knew a little bit more about that. And I thought, well, that was just the vulture circling, right? Like he gave them an opportunity to take out the king. And so they did. And I don't know enough about the Paxton situation. But then all of a sudden, all that optimism immediately faded away because I thought, oh, they just got their enemy, their frenemy, right? Like this was just a situation where he exposed himself and it was time to get rid of someone who had been a political liability. So here's what I'm curious about. Is there any honor in politics anywhere? I mean, this was supposed to be my moment. I was like, look, right, because the speeches were great. I don't know if you saw them. It was about the rule of law and we have to protect the voters. And I was like, this is what you imagine somehow the founding era was about. And then you always remember that they were actually a bunch of Cretans and they didn't like each other and they hated state legislatures, especially and like everything was a backroom deal. So what's I, I don't know if you all got into this story, but what's the substance of the reality? Like, were there people truly moved by the need to defend the democracy or was it all at base, just like with, with Andrew Cuomo to some extent, like, okay. actually, this is the only chance we have to get rid of this warlord and we're going to take it. Rakeem, I just want to give you permission to enjoy your moment. I want to give you an opportunity to just pretend for a moment that it's not anything else. It is what it looks like. It quacks like a duck and it is impeachment over (laughs) corruption and cronyism and payback and favors and just bask in it. Say it's good to be an American once. (laughs) (laughs) I want that so badly. I just I want there to be some integrity, like some honest a kind of character somewhere Who's just like, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, whatever all these, yeah, ancient, you know, 1950s tropes are and older than that, where there's just some politician who is not incorruptible, but it's just like, well, this seems wrong and I'm going to say so. And then suddenly there's a flood of people who think, yes, that is wrong. It, it makes genuine sense that we ought not to conduct our politics that way. Jeff, Jeff's like, no, I don't know. What's yeah, wrong with you. No, bro. Like, I wish I could. I, I wish that what you were saying is actually what it was, because I, I wish that I could share that that level of, of optimism. But I mean, any Texan that has pays a, at least a little bit of attention to Texas politics knows that Ken Paxton has been corrupt from way back. 
Mm. I mean, he, he's got a security of pending securities fraud investigation pending against him since 2015. This whole thing was deeply corrupt. I mean, he had this relationship with this real estate person, uh, Nate Paul, who they did a ton of favors for each other. The guy who helped renovate Paxton's home. Uh, uh, Paxton intervened in a federal investigation to, to swing it in his favor. He asked Paul to employ a woman with whom Paxton allegedly was having an affair. Oh, and here's the best part of this. Here's, so they initiated impeachment proceedings that has to go to the Senate. Guess who one of the state senators are? Her last name is Paxton because yeah. it's his wife. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yeah. So, no, they're getting rid of Paxton for the same reason why they got rid of Andrew Cuomo. It's politically expedient. It has nothing to do with wanting to do the right thing. And the way you can tell is because both these people were in office for so long, having been corrupt for so long, mm -hmm. and they had to wait for an opportunity to get him out. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wish there was some honor in, in politics, brother. But, uh, but what's, what tipped the scales? That's what I was missing. Good? Isn't that still a good thing, though? I mean, yes, it took them too long. Yes, they should have done it sooner. But they're actually getting rid of the bad apple, right? It, they're, they're doing a good thing for the wrong reason. Correct. And as soon as I heard the story, I just knew T. T. That's all I knew. I was like, the T must be hot. Because what did he do to get y'all? And y'all live in Texas. I know what it's like here. To get a Texan Republican to turn on another one, he must have had to literally kill somebody. I think there's more to this story than we even know. Because there has to be something. That's what my where my mind immediately went. Because look who are we got Abbott as our governor. Like, look at the state, y'all. Sure. The standards ain't high. I was like, okay. you've been watching too much succession. That's what's been going on. What did he do that really, it was something I'm sure behind the scenes, some type of weird sneaky thing that he did and he made the wrong person mad. And they was just like, yeah, we got to get rid of him. That's all it was. I just want to know what it was. And for, for, for behind the scenes, I think you're right, Amani. There, there's a lot of Republicans who just don't like him. Some consider yes. him to be a liability. Some didn't like how close he was to Trump. Some people didn't like him because he's a jerk. He is not a very well-liked individual behind the mm -hmm. scenes. I mean, they may put up a front, but in general, I mean, I'm not surprised to see this coming. I'm surprised that it's yeah. been allowed to go this far. But I mean, they, they got an opportunity when his office had to ask the state legislature for $3.3 million to settle right. a lawsuit with whistleblowers that he retaliated against, allegedly. That's where they found the opening. So, I mean, mm. I'm glad that it's happening because I'm not a fan mm. of his either. But, I mean, again, it, this does not mean that there is any kind of honor in, in politics. This is just political expediency. So, I have not been following the story all that closely. Are, but there are still some Republicans who are claiming sort of in his defense that this yes. is a bitch hunt and abuse of, right? That's still, there are still some Republicans who are embarrassing the party, right? Because this is such a clear case. And so, you know, not to salvage frustration out of a joyful you know, moment, but <laughs> there are still some of my party who are definitely letting the cause down by sticking with him and claiming that this uh -huh. is a, this is somehow a personal attack and it's based on that. Right. right. It's still happening. Right. Totally. Well, that's bad. <laughs> I mean, that's really bad. It's not many of them, to be fair. Like they got any <laughs> is too many. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's Trump and there's Senator Ted Cruz and there are and there were like a few people in the state yeah. legislature that were defending him, but not not a whole lot. But the federal, it's more right. It's more of your representative senator, like you said, Ted Cruz, they more at the federal level have been saying this is all mm -hmm. unjustified, even though everybody knows that it is right. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. The state got rid of him with a quickness. I mean, I've never I've never seen anything like it. I was fascinated yeah. by that. But one of the things that concerns me about this. So, OK, you know, uh, I'm going to suddenly squash all my hope and joy about this being a noble moment. 
But what concerns me then is that it seems like the only way we in our government and in politics are going to be able to deal with corrupt officials, allegations of corruption is eventually through prosecution. And that's a really dangerous thing for society, right? All the ways in which we currently see sheriffs in one place, a town, county officials in another place saying, like, I'm going to resist this. I'm going to arrest this person, this federal official or state official for another reason, because if we can't have reasoned conversation and reach outcomes about obvious points of corruption, then the eventual push is going to be towards somebody with prosecutorial deep state authority to arrest someone, to investigate them, to destroy their lives. When really all we want to say is you can't serve in public office anymore. That's really all we want to get to, right? All we want is you, whatever else is going on with you, we would just rather you not represent anybody in this state other than yourself, right? But instead of reaching that point, we're going to swing to this extreme where it's going to be, you both can't do that and we need to put you underneath the jail. Well, that's because everybody's corrupt. So <laughs> if they were to really start going through and combing through people's dollars and seeing who's corrupt, everybody is and everybody would be not allowed to be in office. So there's a reason why it has to go to that extreme, because let me tell you, all open secrets, boy, type anybody <laughs> name in there and you will see even the most progressive, even the most pure right wingers. They all get in money from a lot of the same folks. And that's just the true tea of the situation. Yeah. And, so, and rock. Yeah. And Rakeem, you just articulated what I dream about every night. All these politicians getting arrested. Yeah. Lock them all up. <laughs> if they were committing crimes that were violating people's rights, mm. lock them up. Go ahead. I, I don't care. But throw them all under the jail. That's fine. Well, if you what Rakeem, you're saying is you wish for a society in which they, we didn't have such a low bar that mm. the best we could say about somebody is, well, he didn't break any laws. Right. That we are, yeah. that we I mean, I'm, I'm both saying a higher level of ethics and standards and performance, which, of course, reminds us, I think, a lot of the Clinton arguments at that time. You know, mm-hmm. we ought to be able to do better than that. But I mean, I agree with you. Uh, aspirationally, I absolutely agree with you. We yeah. ought to you know, we ought to not have to say about our politician. Yeah, he's good. He ain't in jail. <laughs> I'm saying that, but I'm also saying we are depriving ourselves of an essential tool in a democracy, which is just reasoned judgment, not prosecution, right. just This thing that you did does by any reasonable standard not seem to be something that someone should do. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we hold people to these extraordinary standards, maybe to Amani's point, right, like, well, you did all these things and that's broadly okay, but like you just can't go to the red zone. Right. Like the whole field is open to you, but this is one little red zone. And then that person goes there and they're like, but look at everything else I did. Look at everything that everybody else is doing and nobody there got prosecuted. So then you end up with some heavy handed state official for good or bad reasons. And suddenly using the power of the state to say, hey, we're going to lock you up and put you in prison. And I actually think that that is both corrosive of civil society, but threatening to democracy as a whole to empower people to deal with their political enemies only through prosecution. That's the whole lock her up scandal. Right. Like if the point was with Hillary Clinton, I never agreed with this, but I'm just saying if the point was you shouldn't be trading your government experience with Goldman. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides that, and then the emails and listservs, right? Like you shouldn't be able to be above the law here and there. We could just have a general conversation about that. Like, well, how do we feel about public officials engaging in these forms of conduct? Should you be president on that basis? Great. But to move to the point, lock her up, because the only way that we think that it will gain any traction is to allege illegality, right? Allege that criminal prosecution is necessary to remove somebody from the scene. 
this is the scary part to me as I thought about it more and more that we're just we do all these small things that allow us to approach the edge of authoritarianism, all of us, but not recognizing that we're doing them. Yeah, I agree. She's no good. She's no good. We got to get you out there sloganeering. We should have everybody sign some sort of code of conduct or something that like what you're saying. Yeah, there should be just certain things you're not allowed to do when you're holding elected office. But nobody's really enforcing these things. And like you said, yeah, the legality is the line. And it really shouldn't be like if it's against the law, then you can't do it. But there are still certain kind of moral understandings that we usually kind of all have as a society that we let a lot of politicians get away with only because it's not against the law. So I agree with that. Yeah. And and how much of that is our fault? I mean, these, this Mm -hmm. is supposed to be decided by we, the people, right? So if somebody does something unethical, we should Mm -hmm. be voting them out, but we don't. I mean, and the thing is, I think a lot of it is because we've just come to expect this from government. And honestly, I can't blame us because this is the very nature of government. Government is corrupt. Government is full of evil people who are in government because they want power. Now, I know there are some good people in government. I'm not saying that there isn't. But by and large, a lot of our elected and unelected officials have have some level of corruption. So we've come to expect that. And, and honestly, there really isn't a pretty answer for this because we're never going to have this Pollyannish world where our government is actually doing what it's supposed to be doing and protecting our, our natural rights. Yeah, so this is my question. I, you know, I think I know what everybody's answer is, but I'm still curious. Is do you think a decent person, a principled, honest, transparent, virtuous, self-restrained, civil person can advance in American politics and stay that way once they're in on the inside. If they get elected in the beginning, can they stay that way with all of the forces of evil, all of the money, all of the temptation, all of the compromise and payoffs and just, you know, whatever the the scope, because it's 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 maddening to think they can't. But I think we all know that, you know, politics is war by other means. Right. So, you know, politics is a horrible, dastardly, dirty business and the kind of like a Take me people. I would say, Andrew, you should run for office. I'm like, I wouldn't be any good at it. I can't do the stuff they do. And I'm too honest to, to be a campaigner. And, to, you know, like, I know I'm unelectable. And even if I got elected, I wouldn't be good at the governing either. It's <laughs> like, I know that. So can a person who is that way and can they actually get ahead in politics in America? No. Difficult question to yeah yes and no no maybe I'm I'm high on the no because so we're, in my day to day life in politics we talk to a lot of first time candidates so I'm mm-hmm. really the perfect person to answer this question because I talk to a lot of people who have woke up one day and they're like you know what I should run for office and one of the first questions I ask them is why. Because we always say you have to have a strong why. It's not an easy thing to run for office. It's not fun. It's not a game of Monopoly or Game of Thrones. Like this Mm -hmm. is a real thing. And you have a real job to do at the end. You would be astonished by a lot of people's whys on why they want to be a U.S. senator, why they want to be a U.S. congressional um, house member, why they want to be, you know, a state legislator and all this stuff. A lot of people have ego as their motivating factor. A lot of their answers to why do you want to be a state uh, senator? Um, because it was, you know, I just feel like it's next. I feel like I will be good at it. Okay. Why do you feel like you'll be good at it? Have you done something like this before? No, but I just feel like I'm the one like there's a lot of ego 
in their initial reason for even pursuing the action. So mm-hmm. when you, their initial motivator to get them through the call time, through the knocking doors, through the pain of getting elected, if their motivation was ego, I'm just the one, then when they get there, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to continue to do things that stroke their ego and make them feel good. That could be giving them money, that could be voting away that certain people want them to vote. So you have to reach people early. And unfortunately, there's there's some people who say, you know, I want to run for city council because that stoplight in my town, it works like it's, we've had seven accidents there. You know, sometimes people are very much so thick and community minded. And there's a lot of people who are not community minded, who are going through the hustle of getting elected when their initial intention was self-serving to begin with. Yeah, yeah, I would say like, I mean, because I've talked to a lot of candidates and I've interviewed them, too. And they, a lot of them have said the same thing that you're talking about, Amani. Like, I think I'd be good at this job or whatever. But I mean, I guess I'm, I'm more blackpilled on this. I mean, I think the more powerful the office, the more corrupt you're going to get. You may not go in corrupt, but you're going to come out corrupt when you have that level of power. You're going to you're going to become corrupt. I mean, Anakin Skywalker always turns into Darth <laughs> Vader. I mean, that, that's just the way it goes. He, he fell to the dark side because he thought he was going to do something good and set the galaxy right. And he ended up killing a bunch of people. So yeah. I mean, was I'm always the emperor, even but, if we didn't but know that it. is basically what happens. I mean, there may be a few people who are good and then come out good after having served in government. There's always exceptions to the rule. But in general, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, a really optimistic about it. It seems to be a system that rewards, encourages, cultivates megalomania and sociopathy. Right. Mm-hmm. And in spite of it, I'm mean, look, I, I know some politicians at the sort of local and state level that are genuinely good people trying their best to do good things. There seems to be a gap at some point where that just only rises to the, you know, the the high school mm-hmm. JV level. Right. That doesn't get you in the pros. And I can answer that question, too. There's a lot. We judge people, me and my business partner, judge people on the seat that they decide to run for because it says a lot about them. You'll meet people who are who want to run for city council. They want to run for county commissioner. They want to run for these local seats. And they're again, these are all first time candidates. Mm-hmm. So it's like, OK, you want to you're focused on your community. You're telling me things that you feel like you can do to help your community locally. And then you'll have that random person who has never been to a city council meeting, never <laughs> knocked a door, don't even watch C-SPAN, nothing. And they tell me with full conviction, I want to run to be a U.S. senator. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, you're so right. I, I've seen the exact same thing. I'm like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> like, I, I, I was like, well, you can do that stuff on a local level. Why don't you run for a state ledge first, at least, and then get you a good record, and then eventually run for a higher office? No, I need to be a U.S. senator. Why? Because you I'm want not that flipping big fries. Power. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not looking at the say, It must. It must be. Folks can't see. It must be this pride rainbow behind me that has me in an optimistic mood. But I, I'd say two things. One. I think Barack Obama and Mitt Romney were good are good people. I think they are decent, decent people. I know, yeah, you can't see Jeff's face. Jeff, Jeff clearly disagrees. I think they're good, decent people. I think we had two people, two men run for president of the United States, and like they were honorable and respectable and upheld our values. But I guess what I would say to wrap this up to some extent is I do think that at the very least, amidst everything that you all have said, the fact that the speeches had to be made and had to appeal to the better angels of our nature suggests that all is not lost. They could have just written speeches that said, he's corrupt, you know, he's done all these things, laid out the list of particulars in the way that Jeff did, but they felt that they somehow had to appeal to calls to what our democracy is, what it might be, how it has to be defended from certain forms of corruption. And so, at least in that way, it left me feeling good about the fact that they were willing to impeach an obviously corrupt politician. If 
you would like to be a part of the debate, email us. The debate at Newsweek.com. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The parting shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.